Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob's Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And we are here until 11 o'clock, so feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out. Coronavirus, uh, one of the things that's going on, it's kind of interesting, in China, they're using big data to actually figure out where people have gone and who they've intermingled with. Because, of course, in China, your phone is tracked specifically. And uh, so if you have been to an infected area or even talked to an infected person, they pretty much can tell based on your proximity with your phone. So uh, they're trying to fire up the factories. And in order to do this, they go ahead and crunch the big data to see if you have been infected or near somebody who was. And if you weren't, then you can go ahead and go to go to work. If you were, you got to quarantine for 14 days. But it is if it, if it works well, it could be a, a great way to use big data. Now, of course, in our government here, being that we're free – um, <laughs> they are not tracking us. We don't think uh, the way the way the Chinese are. However, uh, I can see how that technology could be beneficial in a pandemic. Uh, you know, if it was a serious pandemic, um, this just seems to be another flu. I'm not so sure it's as serious as people are talking about. Um, but um, the technology of crunching big data to know whether or not you know I've come across come in contact with somebody who has had the uh, an infection or not does seem pretty intriguing i suspect we'll be giving up more freedoms in order for that to work <laughs> um but it does seem like it could work really well um because you've everyone's got our phone on them and so we all know where we've been right we technically know where we <laughs> they know where we've been quote unquote <laughs> maybe they know more than i do yeah, they probably do uh well don't give them a whole lot of credit for it uh let's go on to uh bob in newington what's going on bob Hi, good morning. Morning. Uh, just would like to uh, give you an alternative to the laser printers that you suggested to Bob. Yeah, an alternative uh, to laser? All right, what's the alternative? Yeah. Well, you know, I had the same problem as most people face with the uh, printer cartridges. And yeah, the inkjets. Obviously, yeah. And, but I ended up getting an Epson 2750, the tank ones. All right. And it's phenomenal. I have that printer, and I do a lot of printing, and especially with pictures. 
mm-hmm. over a year, a year and four months now, and the tank is down about half of what. And I, I was just amazed at the longevity of those uh, tanks. Okay. And the, car, and, and the bottles only cost like twelve dollars, I believe. Uh, but yet, I mean, over a year and four months, and it's just an alternative to yeah. the uh, laser printer. And yeah, because they do let you refill them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it gives excellent prints. I can't say enough for it. If somebody is in the same situation, <laughs> is tired of spending tons of money on uh, cartridges, uh, look into that, that printer. Yeah, it looks it like really, Shaq. It costs looks like, a little more. Yeah, the printer does. Yes. Right. It costs a little more, but you still have to buy a printer. But within several months, you've already paid for the printer with what your refills are on the other cartridges. All right. Printer. So they've got they've they've flipped the model on its head, and have gone the other way. They got they're paying Shaquille O'Neal to sell it, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, so if that's the way to go, you know, if the cartridges are reasonable, we deal with the problems, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and um, you know, I don't know what the cost of the uh, not inkjet uh, laser printers are, but uh, they're cheap. Laser well, printer, uh, laser printers are pretty cheap these days. You can get it, like Bob said, a, a sub two hundred dollar laser printer, and the cartridge is going to cost you, let's say, fifty bucks, and it's going to last a long time. If it's just doing black and white, it's nice, simple, crisp, easy, no ink filling, nothing. It just works. And the ink doesn't dry out, or the toner doesn't dry out right. if you don't yeah. use it that much. It's already dry. <laughs> it's a powder. Yeah. So but for. for does it come in color too? Oh yeah, would, oh yeah. yeah. You can get color lasers, for, and you can get color lasers in a pretty affordable realm. Under three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. And, and then well, again, you're buying the cartridges, which the first cartridges are pretty expensive, but again, they'll last longer. And if you have kids versus you know doing projects for school, you know you can configure it so that they print black and white the majority of the time, and then it goes color when they need to do color. Yeah. So. You're, what, you're, you're, just a, a thought, yeah. an alternative to the laser. No, you you have a great alternative here because the ink is actually kind of uh, affordable. Yes, very affordable. We do appreciate it, Bob. Okay. All right, thanks. All right, so uh, an alternative to laser as well, so nothing wrong with that. Four lines open for you guys on this uh, lovely Saturday morning. Maybe you guys are all getting out, getting your milk and bread for the coronavirus. I have no idea. Um, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Feel free to get online. I'll tell you a quick story about technology um, failing. You know how I love those stories. So my uh, youngest son decides he wants to buy a car. And, of course, my wife is very anxious to get rid of his 20-year-old car, which is <laughs> questionable as far as its safety on the road. But it, it still it was good. And so he decides he wants to buy a car. He goes online and, and finds this vehicle, and we call the dealership and say, hey, we're going to come down and check out the car. And it's a good 45-minute ride to the dealership. And so we all pile in a, the minivan we have, and we drive down there. And what happens? They've already sold it out from underneath us. <laughs> the dealership sold it to somebody else. And we're like, what the heck? You know, We went online. We saw your information. We called you, and you sold it anyways. So neither here nor there, they gave us a good deal on the next car that was available. Now, my oldest son wants to get rid of his junker that he had in high school. So he goes online, same dealership, and he sees this car online. Mom's like, hey, let's go. We all pile in the car. <laughs> we go down, take a look at it, and it, the car had already been sold days before. Guys, if you're going to use technology, use it, please. Because if, if you ask us to use your website to see whether or not the thing's available, take it off 
or put a note on it if it's already sold. You're kind of, you know, you're not really using technology correctly if you want us to go ahead and use your tools that you've made available. We're not going to trust what you've got up there. You know, it's the least you can do for your customers is to update the website when you sold the vehicle. Some car dealers have been notorious for putting a lost leader up that doesn't exist so they can get people on their lot. I'm going to assume this was just an honest mistake, but you're right. I mean, that would be an unscrupulous. It has happened in the past. This one is definitely not like that, but uh, I just found it ridiculous that it happened twice. You called them. I did, and and they they sold it anyway. It's on the lot. Yeah. And we're, we said we're on our way, and they sold it anyways. I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Uh, but it was—it's what happened. Um, but then the second time when it was the website, I couldn't believe it. I mean, take it off the website. Don't make folks drive to your site if you don't have the thing available. It just leaves a bad taste. And I know they wouldn't want to do that because they want happy customers, right? Why would you want to go there and right. be unhappy? Yeah, and then you wouldn't go back to to buy the real car. Right, fool me once, the shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Right. So I would just tell you guys if you're doing this type of stuff. I know it's I know it's a busy time. You're moving a lot of vehicles, but please do that for us. Market market sold. Four lines open for you guys. Feel free to get online. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Of course, if you're listening on the stream over at radio.com. You can call us and toll free anywhere in the country, 800-966-WTIC. We'll step out for a quick break and then get back to more of your calls. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk. Four lines wide open. Kind of a unique day this morning. Usually the lines are all jammed up. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, Tesla's doing some kind of weird stuff here as far as uh, there was a crash that happened back in March of 2018 where uh, a Tesla owner, Walter Huang, um, was using the quote-unquote autopilot. Please, guys, it's not autopilot. And the uh, car uh, smashed into a barrier, and the poor guy died. And uh, the the, uh, NTSB has been doing an investigation to go ahead and see where the fault lies, so along with the fact that Walter was playing a game on his phone, not paying attention, um, the NTSB has been waiting for Tesla to respond to their inquiries, and they have not responded, um, which is not a good sign. You know, you, you need to cooperate with the NTSB to see if uh, we can deal with where your problem problems may lie on your quote-unquote autopilot. Number one, don't call it autopilot. We can tell you that, um, but uh, you know these these types of things are a problem for for the, the technology that we're dealing with these days. And you know, Tesla is a bleeding edge company here, cutting edge type company. You really need to cooperate with uh, folks like the NTSB to see if they can get more information uh, on why these accidents are occurring. I mean, they they tend to also Tesla's when they're in autopilot tend to smash right into the back of fire trucks. I know I've been joking about that; it's a horrible thing, but. They tend to take out emergency vehicles, um, parked, lights and sirens on, on the highway. The Tesla can't see it, and it smashes right into it. Um, so there's a lot going on there that has to be improved before we treat the vehicle as an as a autopilot. Um, I have another story. I have a guy who couldn't even charge his car anymore because water was getting into the uh, area where the actuator that opens the charger properly for you to actually plug in your charger affected the motor on the little device that allowed you to plug in your charger. So he couldn't charge his car because the water got in. 
I mean, Tesla does have a fit and finish issue as well. So, you know, there's a lot going on there in this uh, latest and greatest of vehicles. But to not cooperate with NTSB should give you pause. Um, a little, I would think. Let's go on to your calls. Everybody's already calling. Thank you guys for waking up this morning. I was starting to wonder if nobody was listening out there. So maybe the antenna fell over. <laughs> Or all your problems were solved, which does happen. We're hoping someday all your computer problems have happened. I'm going to go to Brenda in Weathersfield first. Hey, Brenda, what's up? Uh, um, I'm a technically challenged uh, listener to your program for years, and I, I was thinking of uh, you using the YouTube TV. Yeah. And the question is that um, I have three TVs that work, Samsung flat TVs. They yeah. work very well. Yeah. But... How they are old, but will that work? So, if they're old, I would tell you to get um, some sort of stick, like a Fire Stick or a uh, Nvidia Shield, to plug into those Samsung TVs, so they can act as your app repository. Uh huh. Um, you could use the built-in smart, quote-unquote, features of your Samsung TV, but being that they're older, uh, it might be more trouble than it's worth. Um, so yes, you could, but you could try it if you want to just try it now without buying anything. See if you can de- uh, put the YouTube TV app on your Samsung, on a Samsung, and see how it works. Uh, I have one more question. Yeah, uh, is there a, 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 a someone that you could hire to do that? I'm not sure even uh, what the Fire Stick looks like. Oh well, <laughs> no we can. Get it. So I'm Brett. Really, uh, um, Don't I'm 87 years old, and I I have an Apple that I've been using for many years, and it's working. Yeah. So, but I my my knowledge is so limited. I I must admit. Okay. How to deal with this? Well, it stinks. I hear you. To pay somebody for this would be horrible. I would think. Um, but I understand why you're asking. Um, hmm. I would be cautious to have you pay somebody to do this. Um, for you. Um. I don't even know who would be out there that would have that service unless you bought a new TV and the, the guys or, or gals helped you mount it on your wall and they said, hey, what are you going to use? And you said, hey, YouTube TV. It's not that difficult to load these apps. Uh, we we do have instructions that we can post out here for you to Computer Talk, but you really uh, shouldn't have to pay anybody. Well, if you'd be so kind, uh, how does one start? And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can put links up there to, to stream. I apologize. Don't apologize. I, I wish I was smarter, and I wish I could uh, have the understanding that I wouldn't have to be asking such stupid no, questions. No, no, they're not. They're not stupid, and it's not smartness. It's a matter of just you've never done it before, right? So uh, you, you try to tell me to, to change the oil in a car. I can't do it, and it's not because I'm dumb. It's just because I want my car to run, and I know that I wouldn't do it right. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure I could read about it and get it going, and and uh, if I really had to, and I did learn how to do the oil change in my lawnmower. So if I can learn how to change the oil in my lawnmower, you can learn how to put an app on your TV. I promise you, it's the same. It's the same level of difficulty. It's not that difficult. It's not a matter of how smart you are. Well, I look forward uh, to, to reading it. Yeah, uh, and, and the website is the name of the show dot com, computer talk with tab dot com, or the name of the show dot com. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I, I will certainly go and, and and look and see if I can manage it. Yep. I enjoy your show very much. I'm here uh, religiously listening to you every uh, Saturday. Great. Thank you very much. Well, then I want you, if you've been doing that, to read this tutorial that we're going to put up, and then call us back and tell us how you're doing. 
<laughs> we'll get that YouTube TV working for you without paying somebody. We promise. How's that? Well, that's more than I could expect. I thank you. You're welcome. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. So she's going to do some reading. It's not a matter of how smart you guys are. It's really straightforward. You just got to just try it. It's not. You're not going to break anything. Go I ahead. Got a uh, video. A link to a video that shows how to set it up. Beautiful. So, yeah, so videos are handy. Video. Even better. YouTube video. Even, even, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she can get to that. That'd be awesome. Let's go to Paul in Litchfield. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hang on. Yeah. Is that any better? A little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, Tesla crashes. Yeah. Going back many, many years when the concept of a self-driving car was the dream of an engineer. Yeah. I still remember a discussion that detailed the difference between what Tesla chose to use versus what other car companies chose to use. And the main complaint against Tesla's system was that it was not as good at recognizing potential hazards. Right. Even back then, I don't know, lab tests, whatever, but they proved that the Tesla system was inferior. I'm wondering if maybe Tesla hasn't changed it and this could be the cause of it. Well, they have improved it. They they use cameras and artificial intelligence um, to figure out – for the car to figure out where it's going. So the cameras actually look at the white lines just like my wife's minivan does. It looks at the white lines and will keep you in the in between the white lines hopefully. And Tesla did kind of poo-poo something called LiDAR. Which is another That's way. What it was lighter, yeah. Yeah, so they they have decided to go with a visual approach and have artificial intelligence train artificial intelligence to know the difference between a a car that's in front of you with a bike on it that you can go ahead and follow and a bike that's separate from the car that you're going to run into. Right? It it needs to be trained or taught the differences. And there are humans that are actually doing that. Of all all the cars that are out there that are Tesla cars are constantly feeding Tesla back all the all the the mileage data and there are humans looking at that and then they're they're actually notating what the car sees to tell the ai what to understand we had the we had the story last week about the tesla being tricked into going 85 miles an hour because it saw the 35 mile an hour sign they put a little bit of duct tape to create an 80 an 8 right and the car punches it goes up to 85 miles an hour because it sees an 85 mile an hour sign so it's Got a problem if it only uses that side of the data, the visual side, and doesn't use any other inputs like knowing whether or not you're on a residential road or knowing whether or not you should go from 35 to 85 ever. Whenever would you go from 35 to 85? That I can even think of. In maybe Texas. Off, in Texas, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, okay, so I guess you could. But, I mean, there's got to be some logic to it. And uh, so, yeah, they're going to be working it. They shouldn't have named it Autopilot, and they got some work to do. Um, but if you're driving a Tesla and you put it in a quote-unquote autopilot mode you're, and you're not watching, you're putting us all at risk. You need to keep your hands on the wheel. I hear you. So, and your eyes on the thank road. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, eyes on the road. But there's some really cool videos out there that I'm going to try to find where you can actually see the AI technology that they use. They did a, vi- a whole explanation at their AI conference a few months back that was really very interesting. And uh, artificial intelligence is pretty cool as long as you can train – it properly you need humans to train it <laughs> so keep that in mind let's go to uh, our resident groupie danny hey danny hey, how you doing 
Uh, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. With my tablet. Oh, you and your with tablet. The, with the, with the <laughs> Wi-Fi turned off. Yes, sir. It should not have the ability to re- receive any external information. As long as, yeah, well, you're right. You're 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 right. There, if the Wi-Fi is turned off, it won't receive any external okay, information. I have an app on my tablet that says ISIS on Live, which is an app of the space station showing the top half of the screen its geographical location. Yeah. And there's a little box underneath that has the latitude, longitude, the altitude, and the speed. Yep. Of the space shuttle, and the bottom half is NASA TV, which is video link and stuff. Yep. I shut the Wi-Fi off. Yep. The bottom screen says video only available with Wi-Fi connection, so obviously I don't have a Wi-Fi connection. Right. My little Wi-Fi pull-down bar, there's no Wi-Fi. Right. But yet, and this has been going on forever, but I just never called in. I called because things were slow today. Yeah. My, I am watching the space station travel across Australia right now, and I am watching the latitude and longitude change. Right. It's the same way you watch Santa go across for an ORAD. It's yes, not, it's not actually. Getting, where am I getting the signal from if In the, the app. Wi-Fi's off? The app itself knows where it's going. Right? It's not the data. Yes, the, the app itself doesn't know what the altitude is and the speed. Well, it's guessing, right? The altitude and the speed of the space station is not changing. Like It's not taking a left turn or anything like that. Well, I mean, the, the altitude is going up and down four or five miles. And the speed is constant at 4.76 miles per second. Right. But I think it's just the app guessing or saying, hey, here's how it's moving, because it doesn't need to tell you exactly where it is. Right? I, it's I the would, app. I would contend that some uh, tablets use uh, as a backup, they're tied into the cellular network. And that's a possibility. I don't know what tablet you have, but there are tablets that yeah. get data. I don't from, think in uh, this case. I think in this case, Danny, the app is just got the so data and it knows where it's going that the, the, the altitude's 259.8 yeah 259.1 right why would i want to have all that data traffic back and forth i have an idea where it's going you know i, I don't need to have you know exactly where it's going back and forth but we got a hard break here danny talk to you soon all right goodbye all right, bye-bye this is computer talk we'll be right back We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. You guys are all out today. I'm not sure what's going on. The lines have been super, super quiet, um, which is great. I mean, it's nice. I think, Everything's I, fixed. I think everybody that needs help moved out of state. That <laughs> could be. <laughs> but let's get back to your calls. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Also, Dr. Les will be in at, with Healthy Rounds at 11, giving you a second opinion on your health advice. He's in the green room getting ready to go. Let's go to Gary in New Haven. Hey, Gary, what's up? Good morning. Morning. Uh, question about thumb drives. Yes, sir. Um, what would be the largest capacity thumb drive that is available, and uh, are there any technical considerations relative to USB port compatibility and things like that? that I would need to be aware of if I go and get one of those large drives. Yeah, so there. we actually had a story we were going to bring up a while back about this new large thumb drive. Uh, i got to see where it's at for 2019. Um, yeah, one terabyte thumb drive, believe it or not. That's pretty big. Uh, there's even supposedly a 10 terabyte. Jeez, um, yeah, there's some big... 
big drives coming out. Um, I would say the, you would have a capacity concern if, you're, if your operating system was an older one, but if it's Windows 10, it's going to recognize the size. Okay. Good. So you should have any issues there. And then, of course, because it's so large, you need to move the data quickly. Make sure that your USB ports are going to be 3.0 at least so you get the fastest transfer rates. Um, okay. But why do you want to carry so much data on a little thumb drive? Just curious. Or is it a backup? It's just as a backup. Okay, get at least two of them, or you know, so you have a couple of shots at your data. Yep. Do you have any idea what kind of money they they go for? Yeah, I mean, they just here CES 2019. Uh, they they just te- uh, teased a prototype flash drive, highest capacity USB drive in the market, four terabytes of storage. Uh, you're looking at a couple hundred dollars. Uh, so the one terabyte I'm showing here from PNY is two hundred dollars. Probably a four terabyte is going to be four hundred dollars. Um, you may want to just use a hard drive, an external hard drive. It's going to be a lot cheaper to buy a four terabyte hard drive than a four terabyte flash drive. Mm. Okay, something to think about. All yeah. right, that's all I got. Thanks. All right, Gary, thank you. Yeah, all right, bye bye. Lines are wide open. Feel free to get online. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We'll do our best to help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Anything in the news, Bob? You want to bring up? Yeah, I got a couple here. All right. All right. Uh, it says. Uh, it's a unanimous decision by a federal appeals court. Yeah. YouTube isn't bound by First Amendment court rules. Isn't bound. Okay. It's not. Internet platforms like Google can censor content according to a ruling Wednesday from a federal appeals court in California. Hmm. The unanimous decision came from the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco. In a suit, Prager University said that videos featuring uh, conservative viewpoints were flagged and demonetized and that YouTube threatened the conservative viewpoints and perspective on public issues. Hmm. In the opinion, Circuit Court Judge M. Margaret McCohn, I hope I pronounced that right, wrote, uh, despite YouTube's ubiquity and role as a public facing platform, it remains a private forum, not a public forum, subject to judicial scrutiny under the First Amendment. The ruling drew in part on other court cases that have uniformly concluded that Internet platforms, including Facebook and Twitter, that open their property to user-generated content do not become state actors. Google, which owns YouTube, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Of course, this ruling is disappointing, but we won't stop fighting and spreading public awareness. I... uh, I have to say, I, I agree with the ruling. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's a private company. They can censor anything they want. Right. So. I agree I agree as well. I mean, that's the thing about the whole net neutrality discussion was out there so that internet companies couldn't censor us, right? Everyone was so afraid of having their little YouTube channel censored by the internet companies. But now it turns out, I mean, the, the ISPs, now it turns out it's the actual platform itself. Uh, we had the story about the fact that YouTube said they could turn off any channel that wasn't making any money, wasn't wasn't actually financially viable. Uh, so it's it's their platform. You want to play on it, you could be censored uh, if you choose not to. It's not a public airwave the way we are. We're we are bound by FCC rules. This is a public airwave uh, that the, the the station here has to renew a license on a regular basis for this uh, privilege. Uh, whereas YouTube is a private company. It's like you're you're getting your you're putting your little video out there, and the company could easily be Procter and Gamble. You know, it happens to be Google, but Procter and Gamble doesn't have to have your video on there if they don't want to. Right, it's their site. Right, it's not a First Amendment issue. So. It's not like you couldn't put your stuff somewhere else if you want to. Um, nothing, nothing stopping you. 
Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to, uh, I think we're going to go to Holly once uh, Matt's all set. Yeah, Holly in Windsor Locks. What's going on, Holly? Oh, hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. I have a situation where um, when I double-click on an Excel file from Explorer, um, it, it opens Excel, but it doesn't open the file. It basically opens Excel, and then it's just blank. I've gone online and done a little searching to problem-solve that, and there's a myriad of uh, steps to take to rectify that. I've tried several of them, yeah. and I'm wondering if you guys have had any experience with that. So the file itself, has it been downloaded to your local machine, or is it still on the website? Oh, it's like, yeah, it's a file that I've created, and uh, you know, I open it all the time. I can go inside Excel, open the file, save it. If I go to um, Explorer and try to open it, it it won't work that way. And I and I this is the case now, and, and it always used to work. So this hmm. is kind of new phenomenon. Um, and if I go to another computer in my house, it works fine with the same file. So it is definitely an issue with the computer that yeah. I'm on. So yeah. what's what's the file extension of the uh, file that you're trying to open? So in other words, is it a dot uh, doc dot docx xls xlsx yeah it's an excel file so it's an xls i believe or S- xlx uh, yeah. what i would do is hit in default apps put in the search it'll bring up your default apps and you can search by file extension so if you know what the file extension of the file that you're trying to open is you just scroll down to that so you scroll all the way down, which would be close to the bottom, to the Excel, uh, Excel and XLS, and make sure that the default app that's set for that is Excel. But that would be opening it from within inside Excel, right? I'm not having a problem with that. No. No, no but oh. you're trying to click on the file and open it. Yeah, so well, your computer well. your computer thinks a different application is the default app for that file extension. So you have to go in and, and set it in your computer. Okay. Um, so right now I'm looking at, I'm inside Word. I'm looking at that file. I'm sorry, not Word, Explorer. I'm looking at that file. Yep. And if I double-click on that file, it Excel opens, and then I just basically have a blank screen. So what you're telling me is make, change a setting somewhere in Explorer? No, uh, that actually shows that your Explorer is opening. It does want to use the right app, but it's not bringing up the file. Correct. That's weird. Um, so it's not it's not what Bob was thinking. It's it's something weirder. Um, what kind of advice have you been getting as to cor- how to correct this issue? Well, when I went online and I typed in, you know, my Excel file won't open from Explorer, like three different uh, steps came up. And uh, some of them were kind of involved, and I thought a little bit over my head. I have just this morning, I uninstalled the software, and I'm guessing now it has nothing to do with that. I uninstalled the Office Home and Student is what I'm using. Yeah. And I reinstalled it, and it's still a problem. Then I took the file to another computer and I tried to open and open it from Explorer and it works fine on another computer. So right, we know the file's okay. It's okay. your computer. It's yeah. something on this configuration. So there is a good article here that we can put up that talks about methods to solve this this particular issue. Um, yeah. It's a recent post. Like three different, uh, six different methods that you can try. That's probably the one that I came across. 
Uh, could be method. Yeah, you've got your repair user experience. Um, you got to reset the file associations, which was what kind of what what Bob was talking about. Um, we where you'd reset them. And this is so. This only had three methods so far. So oh, no, there's five. Turn off add-ins. Lots of ways to correct this. Um, I got one here that says Open Excel. Click the File tab. Select Options from the drop-down menu. Click on Advanced. Then locate the General section. I actually, yeah, I actually did that one. <clears throat> and uncheck the uh, Ignore other applications that use DDE. Yeah, yeah, she's done that one. That's the first option on this other file here. On this other. How many of the options did you try on this, Holly? Uh, well, I kind of got stuck at the second, at the, and of course I don't have it in front of me to refer to. But That's okay. I, think I got a little confused with the second option. The, u- the repair, the user experience, virtualization. Yeah, there was something <laughs> on there uh, where they said do this. Right. They didn't say how to do that. Well, you want to install the hot fix. There's a hot fix for this, possibly, where you click on a link for two nine two seven zero one nine. That's where I got stuck. I didn't know what a hot fix was. A hot fix is a, a granular fix for a particular issue. That's all it is. So okay. it's going to go in and try to correct this particular problem specifically because it's obviously a big issue. There's six methods of, of, of solving this, and, and, and who knows which one's going to solve it. But I would click on this link and have and you done have a, hot re- fix. a repair on your office? She reloaded it. Yeah, I installed it. it and reloaded it, so it's not office. Nope. I think it's the hotfix would be the next thing to, to go for here. Okay. Um, so and go, back to that, go back to that link and click on that link? Yep. Click on that link for 292-7019, and uh, that's the second thing. How long have you been thing. doing it? Uh, I don't, yeah, how long has your problem been occurring, Holly? Only about two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Then I might recommend that you do a system restore. might be easier. Okay. Okay. Go back, you know, to Two a date weeks. prior be, prior to this starting to happen. So this is a new computer that I've only had since the beginning of February. Oh, jeez. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I haven't. I actually haven't done. You know where you say, okay, take an image of what everything I've got set up right now. I haven't done that yet. You know, the okay. system does it for you automatically. You should have some restore points in there. Because this should put a restore point in any time you make a change or add a new application. Yeah. Can you tell me how to just look and see if I have a restore point? Yes. uh, You go to the search and type in uh, system restore. Okay. On that, I'm there. Okay. And then um, you'll get uh, system restore. Where did it go? I have two options, reset this PC or go to advanced setup and restart now. All right. Choose the one that says create a restore point. Let's see what that brings up. I'm bringing it up now. It's under system protection. And that's under your system properties. You should see a system restore. So when I typed in what you said, it brought me to a screen where I have Items, uh, options on the left-hand side. Are you telling me to choose something on the left-hand side of that screen? Uh, well, mine said system properties. So, wait. When you click on the uh, open system restore, is that where you clicked on, Holly? I typed in the search bar at the bottom, system restore. Yeah. Right. And then I got an option that said create a restore point. Huh. I didn't get that. So... It brought me to a screen where it says 
recovery, reset this PC, or advanced startup and restart now. It's interesting that we all have different information coming up when we run this, because mine came up completely different. It says, restore your computer to a state that it was before you selected the event, the event which is what Bob is hoping was going to come up for you. I oh, got wait. the result he was hoping you were going to get, um, oh. where, where if you ran that, you would click, there's a middle option there to look at your restore. Okay. Do you have an icon on your desktop that says this PC? All right. Let me, uh, let me look at that. <clears throat> I'm guessing she doesn't have any restore points. N- no, I, I do not. Okay, can you open uh, File Explorer? And you should see it in the left-hand pane, it should say this PC. Okay, let me go right there. If you right-click on that, you can choose uh, Properties. Okay, this PC, found that. Right-click, oh. choose Properties. It should show you the system, Windows 10. Okay, I'm there. Okay, over on the left side, it says system protection. Yes. Click on that. Okay. Now you're on the same screen I was at before. All right. Fantastic. And it says system restore, and it says you can undo system changes by reverting your computer to a previous restore point. Do you okay. See, do you see that? I, yeah, I do see system <clears throat> restore, so I click on that. Yep. Okay, let me click on that. Restore mm-hmm. system files and settings click recommended. Next. Okay, next, okay. All right, down at the bottom of that screen, there's a little checkbox that says show more restore points. I don't have that. I have drives, which is Windows C. Scan oh, you're not on this right screen yet. Okay, I have you, to click You're on the back. You're on the, you didn't get to the, I don't know what happened. All right, let me go back one screen. When I'm at the previous screen, it says Restore System Files and Settings, and the radio button for Recommended Restore is highlighted. I don't have that radio button. So you have a different version. The point is, you don't may not have that many versions of re- Restore available. Yeah. But you're in the uh, right track, Holly. So what Bob is saying, you can probably go back in time to when you first bought the machine okay. and see if that solves the issue, or try the hotfix. I would okay. vote for the hotfix. Considering it's a lot of trouble to get where you're going, yeah, on your yeah. system restore, um, depending on the version of Windows 10 that you have or how you're getting there, you're missing something, and we can't troubleshoot it that quickly over the radio. Gotcha. Um, but as you poke around in there, what he's going to have you look for is past dates of restore points, so you can restore your machine to a past date. But if you've only had the machine since February, the beginning of it, I'm not yeah. sure it's worth doing that. I would okay. try the hot fix. That's me. All right. <clears throat> I will give that a I will give that a try, and there's always next week if that. There's always next week, or you can try the the restore if you have a point that is showing a date that's you're comfortable with <laughs> to okay. restore it back to that. All right, very good. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Holly. Hard to troubleshoot that stuff when you're looking at different things. Yeah, Microsoft loves to rearrange the furniture constantly. So I say, take a break here. All right, step out for a quick break. We have got John and Steve. One couple lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. are back. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to, I hope we can help John here out there in Union. I don't know. We're not big Mac guys. What do you got there, John? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have an early 2011 MacBook Pro. Um, to, it's been a great computer for me, but I'm starting to get some messages. I use Google Chrome and like on YouTube and various websites, they're telling me that my browser isn't going to be supported any longer. And I 
I'm not able to update the browser Uh-oh. because I have an older version of. Uh, if I look at my current software, it's telling me I have OS X Lion 10.7.5. Yep. And I'm just curious if uh, I'm getting to a point where the computer is just that old and it's not going to be able to run the most current software. Um, how how much? Kinda... How can you upgrade your uh, OS? Can you go any further than that, or is it stuck there? It seems to be stuck there. From I was looking at online a real quick, a couple things that people were saying that you could try to go to, I don't know if it was High Sierra or yeah. Mountain Lion, a couple different newer ones. But whenever I do a check for update, it tells me I have the most current software. Hmm. So I don't know if it's a, a hardware issue where I just uh, I don't have enough. It says it's a 2.3 gigahertz Intel Core i5, four gigabyte DDR3. Uh, yeah, just when I'm reading off the info on the computer, I'm just curious if uh, if I have to update the computer internally to to be able to try to run the newest software or. Uh, well, I'm or trying to read here. Of... We're not big Mac guys over here, as you might understand. We're more PC guys, but uh, I'm looking here that if you have the Mac OS Sierra, the current Mac OS version, you can upgrade it straight to High Sierra. And this again, the version they talk about, you're running Lion 10.7.5. You can upgrade that to Mountain Lion, Mavericks, Yosemite, or El Capitan. And then then you can upgrade from there to one of those other versions to Sierra. So it says you can do it, according to what I'm seeing here. Uh, this is from a Macworld article. Um, okay. So you, you want to try it. Now, I'm not sure if you have to buy it. Apple is known to sell you the upgrades. <laughs> so you, yeah. may, you may have to buy the upgrade. Um, and you may want to ask a more Mac-centric uh, person as well. So check with Apple directly. You should be able to even chat with them or link with their support to ask the question specifically. An i5 4 gigs is not a real powerful machine. I mean, it's and it's 11, almost 10 years old, right? So Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, I just go on the internet with them mostly, but uh, it's, it's just one of those things that still works so great that I hate to get rid of it. But uh, Yeah, and I don't think you day. should. I don't think you should. You want to run it as long as you can. Um, especially since if it's still supported, right? They're still giving you updates and security patches or no? I think that might be the problem I'm running into. I think we're, you know, I tried to do something on a Ticketmaster website. I think there were such advanced levels of security on the website where it wouldn't even load because my browser isn't the most updated one. And I'm getting the same message on YouTube where they're saying pretty soon we're not going to support your browser anymore if you if you don't update it. So I'm, All right. I think I'm, I'm at a point where... It, it probably does have a lot to do with security. Yeah. Have you uh, loaded Firefox? Have you tried Firefox on your Mac? Is there a Firefox browser for Mac? I think there is. Uh, I'll have to look and see if that if that maybe that'll support it. Um, I I just have the Chrome and the Safari, but I've used Chrome for the pretty much the life of the computer. Yeah. I just do web browsing mostly and stuff for my business, but uh, right, not too much. Just inventory control and things like that. It's just uh, yep. I would try to upgrade it. Uh, it seems that there is a path. If you're running, okay. it says here, if you're running Lion 10.7.5, you can get to Mountain Lion, Mavericks, Yosemite. Uh, you can upgrade to Sierra. So I think you have a shot at it, maybe. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank Appreciate you for calling. Good luck. Have a good weekend. Yep, Bye. you too. Bye-bye. I wish I knew more about the Mac operating system. We, on our client base of roughly 9,000-plus systems, I think we have like 50 Macs that are actually being used by business. I want to thank all you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. Uh, I want to thank Matt for producing. Uh, everything we've talked about was posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. You can follow us on Facebook if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook. The information may get into your newsfeed if Zuckerberg deems it worthy. See you next week. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.